Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Okay, hello everyone. This is Mike Cleveland, and I'm here today with my good friend and my dear brother, Eric Hurt. Eric, welcome. So good to be doing this podcast with you today. Yeah, it's good to be back with you, Mike, and I am looking forward to our study today in Hebrews, brother. I'm really looking forward to it as well because I know, as I said to you earlier, that I I feel like I'm going to learn a lot. Uh, I feel like when you and I get together that the Holy Spirit just opens our mouths and we're able to declare the praises of Him who called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. (laughs) And what a wonderful thing it is, brother. The uh, one time we had no hope of ever coming out of this darkness and uh, being brought into wonderful light, brother, but uh, but it's happened, <laughs> and what a joy it is! I mean, uh, to declare what has happened at the cross and what has happened in our own heart and life uh, is just something to marvel, uh, and it is marvelous light. Uh, and I'm so thankful to be drawn out of the darkness through the work of Christ and be brought into such marvelous light, brother, with you. And it's my hope that those listening would be able to proclaim that same thing. They'd, that they'd see the, the light that the cross is. They'd see and be drawn to it. And so that's why we do these podcasts, brother, not only to lift up our own hearts and souls as we contemplate what has been done for us, what Jesus accomplished, but also that others might be drawn uh, away from their sin and up and out of their sin like we have been. Uh, and so um, we're going to, uh, Eric, start a, a mini-series here in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. And so today uh, we'll do this first message in Hebrews, chapter 4, and then we'll do another one for the next week. Um, and I don't know even if that might be enough because it's just so packed full of awesome, amazing truth, but uh, we'll see how far we get. Uh, Eric, excuse me, before we uh, look at Hebrews 4, I just want to read a passage from the Old Testament to sort of set the stage for what we're going to read in Hebrews 4. And so this comes from Exodus chapter 35, and I'm just going to read this, just two verses. Moses assembled the whole Israelite community and said to them, These are the things the Lord has commanded you to do. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day shall be your holy day, a day of Sabbath rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it is to be put to death. Do not light a fire in any of your dwellings on the Sabbath day. Uh, Eric, this is pretty severe, isn't it? God (laughs) really meant for... Uh, the people to keep the seventh day holy, didn't he? Yeah, he sure did. And it is just uh, amazing. Like you said, it is, it is very serious here. This is, uh, you know, to be put to death on that Sabbath rest. If you do any work, uh, you can't even uh, light a fire 
um, on this Sabbath day. It was set aside for a special day, wasn't it, brother? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I, I sometimes fly to Israel. And uh, when I go there, if I have a layover on the Sabbath, which they call Shabbat, uh, all the restaurants are closed and we can't find any place to eat. And um, even in the hotel room on the uh, thermostat, there's a setting all the way down low called Shabbat. Hmm. The thermostat, the heater, will do no work on that day. So this is, is just telling you how seriously they have understood this. The, the reality is, Eric, that God set aside a certain day, hmm. and, and he called that the Sabbath. Uh, it goes back to creation, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Uh, you know, we're, uh, this is, follows the, uh, the creation model, doesn't it? For six days, work is to be done, and on the seventh day, uh, to be your holy day, a day of rest, as, as God uh, performed his work and then rested. And, uh, you know, we can share in that rest, and we are to share in that rest, actually, aren't we, brother? And it's wonderful to be able to do so. It is indeed. Uh, I think it's important to just highlight the fact that this was Saturday, the Sabbath, uh, and that was uh, the day that was set aside. All other days were called common, uh, were, were unholy. They were days of normal work. But this day was to be special. This day there was to be no work done in honor and in as a memorial to God who worked six days in creating the earth, and on the seventh day he rested, what we're doing is acknowledging our creator God uh, by keeping the Sabbath, this day that was set aside. And Eric, think about how much this is needed. Um, I was thinking earlier about, you know, we just got through with the Christmas rush, right? The Christmas hustle and bustle and the hurrying and scurrying. Um, and, and, you know, it's difficult at times like the Christmas uh, rush to find rest, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. And, it, and like you said, it's very, uh, it's very important to find that time of rest as well. We work, 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 work. And you, you, know, you hear things like you work yourself to the bone. <laughs> and there has to be a time of rejuvenation, so to speak, or of rest. And, right. and it is, yeah. Yeah, and I thought of, I, I thought of, of three specific people who need rest. Hmm. And uh, just think about these with me and, and uh, see what you think. But, you know, first of all, those are who are in bondage to sin. Sin slavery is a, is a hard work. There's so much effort because uh, Satan, our, our taskmaster, is harsh. And for instance, the Egyptians worked the Israelites ruthlessly. Hmm. They didn't give them any rest. And the reason is they wanted to keep them in a weak state. And that's what it's like to be in bondage to sin, isn't it? We, we're just, there's just no rest. Sin is relentless. Our, our harsh taskmaster works us ruthlessly. And you and I know what that's like, don't we? Oh, man, sin in my life, brother, as, as you well know, was work, work, work to the bone, just like I had mentioned earlier. But it was day and night. And, you know, as people know that are in bondage to sin, it can be day and night uh, labor. Uh, it is absolutely 
the opposite of what we see here of resting uh, in very controlling, uh, very uh, laborious, uh, without hope. And like you said, brother, these are ones we need rest. We are in great need of this of of this rest we're talking about, and uh, and I, I knew nothing of uh, this type of rest uh, when when sin uh, had such power over my life. Like you said, I was I was kept in a weak state, like the Israelites in their in their bitter slavery. And boy, I'm telling you, it was bitter for me. Uh, and yet, I thought I was gaining something, uh, Mike. But in reality. I, I was going nowhere, uh, like being in quicksand, if, if I could use that as an analogy, uh, going nowhere, uh, sinking down deeper uh, into unrest, uh, deeper in labor, uh, deeper in uh, without hope. Um, and so, yes, I'm very familiar uh, with, with this labor. That's a very powerful description, brother, and, I, and I'm sure that someone listening identified with you right there, and I, I, of course, did as well. And when I was in bondage to sin, that the constant stress and pressure, the constant work, uh, whenever there was a thought that came into my mind, whenever there was a mental image that came into my mind, I had to gratify my flesh with it. And Satan can just put those images in, you know, whenever he wants, when, you know, at the least time you would expect it. Uh, he can just pop that image in the mind and then we have to go and serve our master. And that's what it's like to be in, in slavery to sin. Mm -hmm. Eric, the second group I thought about was those who understand that God's law must be kept perfectly. And so uh, we are, in essence, working ourselves to the bone, trying to keep his rules, trying to be right with him, uh, not wanting to slip up, making sure that we live circumspectly, making sure that our lives measure up to his standard. We're trying to reach that level where we are living according to his word at all times. And brother, that becomes exhausting because we have flesh, doesn't it? Yeah, it's almost identical to what we just had talked about, isn't it? Where we're we're working towards a now a different area, so to speak, um, and, and and yeah, it, it's work, 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 and uh, uh, not only that, but it's it keeps us uh, puffed up and looking down on others uh, because mm -hmm. we think that we're you know we're raising ourselves up, we're keeping the law better than others, and uh, you know, but we know that none of us. Uh, could keep the law. <laughs> None of us uh, with this body of flesh that we are in uh, can keep the law perfectly as God requires. Exactly right. And if you look at these three different people we're talking about, they sort of go in order. I hadn't noticed that before, but you know, when you're in slavery to sin and you're working so hard, it's like you described the quicksand, struggling to get out, or you might describe it as a hamster on a wheel, just getting nowhere. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And and then you say, OK, I'm going to stop that and I'm going to turn to God's word and keep God's law and be righteous in my living. And I'm I'm choosing, Eric, I'm making a decision to turn away from that. And I'm now going to live righteously. And brother, that works for about 30 seconds you know, <laughs> right. until you get hit with that temptation again and off you go. And it's just this horrible um, sort of unending process that you keep sinning and then you keep making a decision to stop 
and I'm going to follow God's law now. And you even might say, I resolve to be in the word day and night. I resolve yeah. to avoid sin at all costs. I'm going to, but brother, we discover sooner or later that our flesh is so weak that it cannot keep the uh, requirements of God's lock in it. Mm, no, it cannot. And I'm reminded as you were saying all that, brother, uh, that we are doing this podcast on uh, New Year's Eve and we're getting ready to have a bunch of people uh, set these New Year's resolutions coming up to resolve the things that you exactly just stated. And they're going to probably last about a month, maybe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> until next time. And then we get to do it all over again. So, but the flesh is too weak for that, brother. And I think these, uh, uh, type of resolutions uh, should be obvious to us uh, that we just can't keep them. <laughs> that is a very good point. Yes, that's the New Year's resolution works <laughs> until January second, or some, you know, maybe longer if we try real hard. Right. Um, but then a, a third group I thought of, you know, when we discover that you know we're really not getting anywhere, we're not living righteously like we want to do, we might look for twelve-step groups. We might join AA. We might find Sexaholics Anonymous. We might. Uh, join some type of a a group. And Eric, they have a mantra. They have several mantras. Mm. Once an addict, always an addict. Uh, they've got another one where you go to 90 meetings in 90 days and you're working through 12 steps. And Eric, what's that called when, you, when you're working like this? You, do you know the phrase I'm thinking of that 12 uh, groups would teach you to you know, I'm thinking, I'm sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. I'm thinking. No, that's okay. The, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is it's slavery. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, that's, uh, I, I bought into that lie though, brother, that, uh, you know, I thought that I would just be trapped in my sin forever. That was it. There was no hope for me. And that's kind of the, you know, that's uh, kind of their, um, their motto, you know, hi, I'm Eric and here I am again, you know, and I'm worn out. To, you know, to, to pieces, but you know, here I'm at this group and I'm, you know, I'm here and you know, step one, I'm here. Step two, let me tell you about my life and, and how much sin I've got in it and so forth. And, and, uh, you know, we know that that focusing on our sin isn't the answer, uh, no. you know, and thinking that there is no hope isn't the answer either. Those are, you know, these are lies, uh, and these keep us in bondage and these, we know from scripture, what they do brother, as they turn our heart away from the Lord, not to the Lord, but away. And so, you know, man's way keeps us captive. Uh, man cannot reach down. And uh, I just, it's funny, as I was just speaking, I was picturing a physician reaching down into the heart to massage it, to keep somebody alive. But that's all we can do. And, uh, you know, what we need is something greater that can change the heart for good, not massage it, but change it. Uh, take what's out needed. The, yeah. Amen. Um, so in, that, in other words, when, if you go from trying to keep God's law, well, you got 10 commandments there and you turn to man's method and you got 12 steps. So now we've gone <laughs> to even more effort and yes. more work. And, uh, and, and, and the, the uh, phrase I was thinking of is that you have to work the program. Yes. And, and so what are we doing? We're working again. We're working our fingers to the bone in sin where we don't have any rest. We're trying as hard as we can to live righteously. We can't get any rest there. And now we turn to man's programs and human wisdom, and it has more steps for us. <laughs> and oh my word, I'm worked until I'm exhausted, brother. I can't even lift a finger. And that's where 
some people truly get, Eric, they truly get to where they acknowledge, I have no life in me. I can't take another step. I can't breathe another breath. You keep telling me things to do and I can't do them anymore. Mm. I'm failing in even this. And, and so now we come to Hebrews chapter four, brother, mm. uh, having set that backdrop of everything in this world makes us work and we come exhausted. And let's begin our study of Hebrews chapter four and uh, see what God would have for us here, brother. So you want to read the first verse or so? And Sure. Yeah. Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. <laughs> uh, what a wonderful uh, opening statement, isn't it, brother? We have the promise of entering his rest that still stands uh, and we can enter into uh, this rest uh, totally opposite of what we've been talking about so far of work 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 no matter what situation you're in it is working uh, it is laborious uh, or it is added steps uh, like you were talking about but brother in this verse we have the promise of entering into his rest. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> it is. It's wonderful because to those who are exhausted, we might have a glimmer of hope here. Mm -hmm. uh, God's word has just told us something. When God makes a promise, Eric, he can't lie. He must fulfill it. And he's made a promise here that there is rest available for you and I. There's rest available for those in bondage to sin. There's rest available for those who cannot keep God's law. There's rest available for those who've been trying to step it out in the human wisdom programs. And God promises rest, but he says, he gives a warning. Be careful that you don't fall short of it. In other words, be careful that you don't stay with your own programs and your own uh, method of righteousness and your own steps. Watch out. Because God's ways are not man's ways. Be careful that you don't fall short of it. It's like Hebrews twelve fifteen that says, see to it that no one falls short of what? God's holy standard? No, of the grace of God mm. and that no bitter root grows up. And so this warning has to be heeded, Eric. We mm. cannot um, fall short uh, of God's rest. Okay, but now the question comes, how do we enter it? And verse 2 says, for we also have had the good news proclaimed to us. <laughs> and Eric, I just want to stop here, brother, <laughs> uh, because we've just now heard from God himself how to enter into rest. <laughs> the good news was preached to us. Okay, what is this good news that was preached to us, brother? <laughs> This is my favorite part. <laughs> the, brother, the good news is, is the gospel of Jesus Christ, brother. This is the only place where we can stop working because Christ worked for us. Uh, he did it all on the cross and uh, finished that work for us. Uh, you know, he put all the work, all the efforts of man, all the sin and shame and the curse and everything that comes along with this sinful life, brother, put it all to death 
put it all to rest when he rested in the grave, uh, you know, and when he rose victorious brother, uh, this is the good news that he was put on the cross for us, that he died, he was buried in a tomb and that he rose, he lives. Uh, and we can, we can rest in his finished work, brother. Uh, our working is, as we've been discussing very uh, carefully here, uh, not to miss out on anything, we've talked about a lot of work. Well, here's where the work ends, right here at the good news, right here at the cross. It's over. It's finished. You can rest uh, just how uh, God rested from his work and how Jesus rested uh, after dying on our behalf on the cross. Brother, this is good news. <laughs> what do I say to that? That just lifts my heart up to the highest heaven. If, if you have been exhausted, if you have worked so hard and never got anywhere, and now you come and you're saying, wait a minute, is it really true that Jesus finished all the work I needed to do? Is it really true that when he died and breathed out his last and, and went to the tomb to rest, that I can rest from his finished work? Hmm. This is, is every time I hear this, Eric, it, <laughs> it seems too good to be true. You know, I can understand people who say, you know, who don't believe simply because it's too good to be true. I, I have trouble with that myself. I don't understand those who say, well, you know, there is no God and I well. Clearly there is, you know, or, or that he didn't die on the cross and rise from the dead. Well, you're denying history. Mm. I, that's foolish to do that. But to say, you know, I don't believe because it's just too good. Well, I understand that. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that part. Um, but what if it is true, Eric? Mm. What, just think about for a minute. What if he really removed your sin? All of it. What if he paid for it? What if he made atonement? for all the wrong that you've done. Mm. What if he clothed you in his righteousness? What if it's really true? Mm. Well, then you can exhale, brother. You can <laughs> breathe out, man. Now we found rest. But here's the thing. In verse two, it says, we also have the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. They didn't believe the good news. Right. And so, Eric, first of all, who's the they that this is talking about? Well, the they are, are the ones uh, that were, uh, the Israelites that were uh, freed from their slavery. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and, and they, you know, they, they had plenty to see. <laughs> they had plenty to believe in for 40 years through the wilderness. And yet, brother, it wasn't united with faith. Right. Uh, but when it is united with faith, all the things that you were saying, brother, I was rejoicing as you were saying, what if it is true that your sins removed? What if it is true that you were clothed in righteousness? You know, what, what if it is true that you have, um, you know, you've died with Christ? And you've been raised with him to new life. And there's, there's power in your life because you've been given the spirit. It is true, brother. It you know, is by, true. by the world's standards, when something's too good to be true, it usually is. But not here. Not in this case. Not with the good news uh, of Jesus Christ and the work that he accomplished on the cross. 
this is, um, yes, too good to be true, but it is. Amen. Um, and one thing I want to mention here is they heard the message. They heard the good news. It was proclaimed to them. Uh, Eric, what does that tell you as far as, you know, what message is taught in the Old Testament? Well, this is the good news. The, the death and resurrection of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, uh, is proclaimed all through the Old Testament, pointing forward uh, to the day that, that Jesus would, to that day, right? Uh, to the day uh, where Jesus would pay uh, for those sins. Uh, that day uh, where Jesus would be clothed in our sin. That day where we would find rest from our work, right? And this is what the Old Testament is building up to. This is what it is pointing forward to. Um, and so we see the good news all through the Old Testament, don't we, brother? Yes. Some people teach that the Old Testament message was law and that people who kept it were saved. And the New Testament message is grace and we're saved by grace. This is not true. Uh, the message all through the Bible from Genesis 1 through Revelation 22 is about Jesus who died and about our sins being atoned for, about us being reconciled through the body of Jesus Christ unto death. Uh, this is the message they heard. Uh, it says it there in verse 2. But the problem is, Eric, they didn't believe it. Right. Now, other places tell us they didn't feel themselves worthy. And so they rejected the message. Uh, maybe someone listening today doesn't feel like this message is for them because they've sinned too much. They're unworthy. Well, their unworthiness makes them worthy to receive the good news. Uh, this is the, the way that God operates, right? He takes us who, who say, I've gone too far. I've sinned too much. I have perverted what is right. I've crossed too many lines. I've sinned with my eyes wide open, and therefore I'm rejected and I will never be in God's family. That understanding qualifies us to receive the finished work of Christ. If we're sitting here today, Eric, and saying, oh yeah, I've kept God's law. I've done, I've done right by him. Uh, I may not be perfect, but I'm better than so-and-so. <laughs> And so I'm uh, okay. Well, we're disqualified. Mm. And so uh, the problem with those in the old covenant is they didn't believe this message, and therefore they did not enter rest. Because uh, as we've seen in verse 2, Eric, entering into God's rest comes by putting faith in the finished work of Christ. Isn't that what verse 3 says there? Uh, that's absolutely what it says. Um, it says, now uh, we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declare it an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. So we who have believed uh, this message, uh, what message? The good news, what we've been talking about. We enter that rest through the good news, through Jesus' sacrifice, through his resting in the grave. And through his powerful resurrection, we can rest from all of our works. Like you said, hopefully nobody is listening, saying, no, I've kept the law. I'm, I'm good. You know, like you said, brother, I'm better than so-and-so. No, no. Uh, we recognize uh, we have to put faith in this message, uh, not in our doing, 
and not in our works. Uh, because, uh, you know, if you're not exhausted today, then you'll be exhausted by tomorrow, <laughs> you know, and uh, then you look to the cross and place your faith there where you, my friend, can enter God's rest. Yes, we who have believed enter that rest. Eric, we believe against all odds. We believe against what seems to be unbelievable, uh, an unbelievable message. Um, that Christ died for our sins, that God so loved the world, Eric, he gave his own son, that uh, infinite infant uh, that came to this world clothed in our skin, and he shed his blood. And that blood, Eric, makes you right with God. It gives you rest and peace. It makes you a new creation. It gives you this enjoyable peace in your heart and rest in your soul where you stop struggling, you get off the hamster wheel, you're pulled out of the quicksand mm. and you enjoy rest, maybe for the first time in your life. I know for me, brother, uh, as I began to rest in the finished work of Christ, it all my burdens were lifted at Calvary. Mm. Uh, I finally had the rest that I needed. Um, and so we who have believed enter that rest. And what we're going to see uh, is that um, this rest actually makes us Sabbath keepers, mm. uh, true Sabbath keepers. And we'll look at that next time. We're out of time for today. Uh, but Eric, as we consider this subject that we're thinking about, maybe someone's listening who's just exhausted. It's just after Christmas. Maybe they've ran themselves ragged. Maybe they have uh, tried to keep God's law the best they can, and they've they've just given up. Mm. They've given up hope. They say, I can't do it. I keep falling. Um, can you speak to them for a minute about what's available as we've been talking about and close us in prayer? Sure, absolutely. Uh, friend, look, this beginning of this uh, has a promise for you. It has a promise of entering his rest. And that doesn't mean entering his rest later. That means entering his rest today. Uh, and maybe you need rest today. Maybe you've been working. Maybe you've, um, you know, we have hit on something in your own life here today about all these works. Um, and about New Year's resolutions and about programs and steps and work, 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 work. But today can be a day for you of entering uh, God's rest. The promise still stands today and it's for today. It's not for later. Well, it is for later as well. But the rest and the promise is right now for you today through the good news, uh, through placing your faith in this good news that Jesus died for your sins, uh, that he was clothed. He took all your sin, all your work, all your efforts, all your shame and guilt, and put it to death in his own flesh for you. He died for you. This is what it means that, that he was put to death for your and my iniquities, uh, that he was buried. And on the third day he rose that we might be crucified to our own works, be crucified to sin and shame and all of it, the curse, we're freed from all of it. This is why we can rest with Christ uh, because our old man would be buried in that tomb with Christ 
and we would rise new creations today. Today, oh Father in heaven, I pray for those listening, at least one that is listening would enter that rest because by faith they would look and see Jesus nailed to that tree for them. They would see Jesus removing their sin and working on the cross for them, uh, dying for them, pleading out his own blood for them, pouring out his spirit to them, removing their heart of stone from them, and giving them and putting into them a heart of flesh. This is what it means to rest in Jesus' finished work. Oh Lord, we pray that this one heart might be made new today, uh, that, that this person listening uh, might enter into that rest today. Oh, how joyous it would be and how wonderful it would be for them to be a new creation today and enter into your rest found on Calvary's hill through the shed blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.